Welcome back, everyone, to the Xamarin Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in Xamarin development. I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Pierce Bogan. All right. You nailed it. No gap Woo! in that introduction. I loved it, Pierce. I loved it. Amazing. And you know what else I love, James? What? And I did this for the first time right before recording this podcast. I just bought a suit. Whoa. That's fancy. It's my first suit I've ever owned in my entire life. It was a very scary process because there's all these like things you have to know. There's the different fits, the lengths. I was very scared overall. Like, what fabric do you go with? What color? I don't know. Like all the rules. It was very scary, but I'm excited to finally have a suit. That's nice. I uh, I don't own a suit actually. I, I I went into a Nordstrom and a Zara and a H&M one time and I, I instead of getting one cohesive suit I mixed and matched a shirt that I liked with pants that I liked with a jacket that I liked and I said that that was a suit it's not a proper suit it's not like I'm getting married suit although I want a, like a vintage suit I think that would be really rad right. so that's my you go into like a wedding or you going somewhere or... yeah it's it's wedding season mm. the fall wedding season's in full swing it so is. i gotta gotta look stylish and i'm now how many years two years out of college so you know when you go back you gotta stunt oh. you gotta be like look at me look at my suit i'm styling and uh so i had to, right now i'm like i don't know if people know what i wear on a daily basis but i'm like a jeans t-shirt maybe a polo type of guy but I don't even really ever go above that. Um, so I needed at least something yeah. <laughs> that was nice that I could wear to these events and stuff. So I'm pretty psyched about it. I don't know. The thing that I'm worried about with the suit is I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy the suit. I'm going to go to these events. And then like in a year, like what if I gain a lot of weight? What if like the suit, I don't need the suit. I don't use the suit. That's the only scary thing with buying the suit because you just don't know. You don't know if you're going to use it. You don't know like what your body's going to do, Any any of that. And I went with the Eurofit, which is like super slim fitting. So now I like have to have to go with the like actually staying on a diet and working out and that sort of thing. I was talking with Joseph Hill and uh, and he was like, yeah, when I go shopping, I buy shirts. I used to buy shirts um, that I was like, ah, oh, this is a medium. It's a little tight, but I'll, I'll use this as motivation to lose the weight. And now I'm like, ah, I'll just get the large, get the XL, <laughs> call it a day. Don't even don't even try and lie to myself when I go buy clothes. Well, I'm proud of you suiting it up even before me, um, which is good. Yeah, I mean, you gotta get, you gotta have one in there. I think yeah, it is wedding season. I've been to two weddings this uh, summer so far. I had a friend that just went to his fifth wedding, which is crazy, including his own. So there was that. That's a oh. trifecta. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I should have. I'm doing a lot of conference stuff. I'm gonna. Um, be at Ignite next week, and then I go out to Paris a week after that, and then I think some Latin America stuff, Anaheim for VS Live. I was just at VS Live Chicago. I'm in Chicago now. Um, kind of crazy, yeah. I mean, I here's what you can do, Pierce. If you, I don't know what kind of suit you got, but mm-hmm. I I like really cool uh, button up shirts in all different styles because you could get a suit and then you could just wear like a white shirt underneath or you could like change it up down there and like get all crazy with the shirt that you're wearing and that's usually what i do that's what i like to do because then you could wear the jacket but then underneath it's like different every time well you always rock the conference like wear in terms of things like you always have i feel like you always have like a new cardigan or like a new but yeah you're you always rock those like button downs that are really nice um i mm-hmm. so it's always it's always fun when i watch like the Xamarin show or something or like I'm watching a conference and I see what you go with because when you go into like connect and stuff don't you like go and buy an outfit you you buy the outfit for the event right for the big events 
Yeah, so for Connect, I bought a whole, I bought some new pants and I bought a new shirt for it for Microsoft Ready, which is uh, like our tech ready internal training event. It's not really secretive because like a bajillion people let go, but I, I, I was in the keynote for that and I bought a new shirt just for that and new pants and then i'm going to reuse those those because like those are internal so probably for ignite i'll reuse that so you'll know what i'm doing or mix it up a little bit a different pant with a different you know short but that's the thing is yeah every time i go i just can't wear a red polo every time i'm not scott guthrie i don't i can't get away with it i gotta mix and match it up and if you actually go to the xamarin show like i try not to you know reuse some shirts as much as possible so i try to go back and forth on what i'm wearing but I also I I like I like shopping. So like my wardrobe I think is is bigger. It I think it is larger than Heather's wardrobe, my partner. Um, um I have I think definitely more shoes, probably way more pants. Yeah. She she probably has more dresses than me cuz I don't own any dresses, but besides that, um it's a co- constant competition <laughs> of that. I don't know. I, I enjoy shopping, so and I did see. I think you went. You went out. I saw. I, I like. I like uh, Pierce because I get to hang out with him on uh, Moments, the app that he he built, and then he snaps me on Moments all the uh, cool stuff that he's doing. Shopping is that was that was that your shopping snaps? Oh yeah, this weekend was shopping snaps, and I went over to the mall, and they have some nice like they have Nordstrom Rack and some other stuff, and. Yep. Yeah, I had like some gift cards or something that I'd gotten for my birthday. And so I rolled up in there. I was like, all right, we originally went to get Jill actually a dress for the wedding that I got the suit for. And we we're like, I was like, okay, Jill, we're, we're literally just coming here to get your dress. We're going to roll out of here after we do that. And like three hours later, uh, after we've gone to like four stores and spent way too much money um, and gotten a milkshake that I regretted immediately after I got, um, we, we spent way too much money. So I have to like... I actually have the opposite problem. I'm not like that tempted with online shopping, but when I go to like a mall or something, I'm like so like overwhelmed with all the possibilities that I, I get pulled in. So I actually just have to avoid the mall. The online shopping's not a problem for me, but the mall is definitely a danger zone. Yeah, danger zone. All right, Pierce, let's break it down. Let's do it. Some stuff happened. I mean, we talked about two weeks ago that essentially... Uh, it you know it's it's that time of the year. Frank and I talk on Merge Conflict often about the beta summers, and now we are in the release falls, and it is go time with brand new Android O and iOS 11, and we'll talk about some of the actual releases releases going on. But yeah, last week we shipped not only Android 8, uh, 8.0, O, Oreo, Numino, if you will, Numinos. Those are the best. That's the only cookies you need. Uh, we should put a link to the, my blog about how Numinos are way better than Oreos. I like to say it's um, Android 8.0 Numino. Um, and <laughs> it's like Android no. Um, and so we were super support. You can actually get access to all those APIs. It is in the preview branch, which we talked about, which means there could be some subtle API changes here or there, but most likely it should be pretty much buttoned up and ready to ship. Um, so, so you can start accessing some of those uh, new native features. I had some uh, some developers reach out on Twitter with some samples already of using the brand new notification channels and a few other the really cool picture-in-picture stuff. And we have great docs on it too, which I really like. Obviously, you know, when we come out with a new release, there's there's that. And, um, you know, Apple event happened. Uh, I don't want to go too deep in the Apple event. You get you get an iPhone 8, 8 Plus or iPhone X. None. I'm I'm going the opposite direction. I think I I think I might actually use a Pixel now. Pixel um, 2, baby. It's coming. Yeah, I might do that. So we'll see. But 
yeah the ios uh the ios the, the i just got ios 11 actually uh finally installed on all my personal devices and uh so time to start building apps for it which we now have support for james uh and we had oh, previews yeah. running the, throughout the entire summer um and then a couple weeks ago i guess it was last week when the xcode 9 gmc uh dropped which was the same day as the apple event where they announced all the iphones and stuff like that uh we put up uh a link on our release blog to try out um, basically the last Xamarin iOS preview for Xcode 9 support before we go to stable. So if you were going to ship to the app store and you're like, I need this iOS 11 API on day one, we had you covered. Um, and then this week, um, and when I say this week, I mean, let's see, September 19th, 2017, we shipped a stable release um, to Visual Studio and Visual Studio for Mac developers, uh, which contains this iOS 11 support. So if you're on stable for either one of those, then you have iOS 11 support, you have Xcode 9 support. And actually, if you if you didn't already know, when you build an iOS application, it'll say, hey, you, you know, you need Xcode 9 if you have the new update from stable. So you'll need to upgrade from Xcode 8 to Xcode 9. If you want to stay on Xcode 8, then you basically don't want to upgrade to that latest bits, but there's really no reason not to. Um, so yeah, pretty exciting. Uh, but it's I think it's also worth noting, James, you don't need you don't necessarily have to. If I want to support iOS 11, it's not like if I built an an app for iOS 10, I have to recompile and be worried that I need to ship it to the App Store. I I have support in the App Store. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it's already there. I mean, I think. I did a regression suite on all my applications and, you know, I rebuilt all my apps for iOS 10 or at least updated in, in the last year or so. And everything was gravy train. Uh, maybe if you haven't updated your app in like four years, maybe or three years, try right, to of course. do a regression suite. And of course you, you, uh, on my iPad. So I have an iPhone and an iPad as device test devices. And I installed the iOS 11 preview and a bunch of apps were broken early on, and then they fixed a bunch of stuff, and then everything was working. So even the you know things that I think I compiled a year and a half ago or two years ago were totally good. So you should be should be gravy. Um, I also went to the App Store, like you said, and downloaded. Actually, I downloaded the GM Seed off the developer, but I think now it's in the App Store on Mac. The new Xcode. Pro tip, though, if you want, um, if you still want to have the old Xcode and the new Xcode. You can just go into your applications folder and rename Xcode 8 to Xcode 8. And that way it doesn't override it because it's, you know, it's harder to nice. go back. You can always download it again probably from the developer portal. But be aware of that. It's it's unlike Android, right? So Android, you have side-by-side SDKs and you toggle between them, between them uh, in the tooling. It's just a whole different tool chain where it's like you always have to have Xcode 9 or this, and you can always point back and forth between what SDKs you're using. So that's nice if you're on a build server or something like that and you still want to support the old ones. But you shouldn't have any issues if you're um, just upgrading Xcode, recompiling your app, all that stuff should be the same, even if you're not using any new iOS 11 features at all. So it should be should be good to go. Um, yeah, and we even have new docs on Android O stuff too, so definitely take a look at all those all those sweets and treats. I wish iOS had um, had cool names for the releases because you know Mac OS High Sierra uh, is coming out. Those have fun names, but iOS doesn't have fun names, and I wish that they did. Like Watch OS Four and TV OS, whatever it is. Like, how come those don't have fun names? <laughs> I just imagine like some execs in a meeting, and the Mac OS guys are like, "Hey, we're gonna name it fun names like this," and the iOS. People were like, oh, those bozos naming it like Android and all that stuff. So 
I <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, I I per I personally like the names because I actually can keep track of what's happening. Um, but now it's like I mean, it's even more crazy kind of with the iPhones because I think sometimes people like are very confused because they're like they tie the iPhone to the uh, OS release as well, which kind of makes sense from a consumer perspective. And so people are very confused. And now there's more iPhones and it's it's all very confusing. But like you said, I mean, the nice thing about Android is that you kind of like, you, you can control all of that stuff. Um, and with Xcode, the tricky thing for me that always, that occasionally will trip me up uh, when Apple does an Xcode update is if you, on your Mac, if you have automatic updates turned on for the App Store, which for the most part is like amazing, um, but around this time of the year cannot be not so amazing. Um, like it may have just upgraded you to Xcode 9. Like that happened to me on my machine. I was like, oh, uh, guess yeah. I have Xcode 9 now. I, t- I turn off I turn off all auto updates all the time. I, I, I am against auto updating. I just, I don't, I, I don't know why I'm, I'm old school. Old school, don't update myself. I'll, t- I'll tell you when I want to update. You don't tell me. Well, our friend David Ortnow has written some awesome tips. So getting started with Xamarin Forms, you're like, it's a new thing. I'm building apps for all these crazy platforms. Um, And sometimes it can be a little overwhelming to get started. Um, And so uh, David, who is the PM for Xamarin Forms, has written a great blog post on a whole bunch of things on kind of like, what is Forms? Like what are the different pages? What do I need to install? That's a common question. Like how do I build out my UIs? Um, and so this is a really good blog post. If you're new to forms, you're new to Xamarin, even if you're an existing Xamarin developer, it might be worth taking a look because there's some, there's definitely some good tips and tricks in this. One thing that I like that he talks about a lot that even I think some existing Xamarin developers haven't really played with that much is um, is the Xamarin Live Player and how you can use that to build out your UIs and uh, see basically your user interface come to life as you type using just Visual Studio and your device. And that's basically like how I'm building out my forms UIs now. I'm, you know, using the Xamarin Live Player, pairing it with the Visual Studio, using a tool like Reflector, um, or uh, James, what's the one called for Visor for Android, and uh, projecting that onto my PC, and I just, you know, drag that up right next to Visual Studio, and I'll, you know, start typing, and that's how I build out my UIs, and I know that that's exactly what it's going to look like when I deploy it to the device, so I've been using the Xamarin, that's kind of a new addition to how you can build UIs with Xamarin. Uh, using the Xamarin Live Player and the Live Run functionality, so I thought that was good. Was there anything that stood out to you, uh, James? In this one, yeah, I really liked how he essentially outlined in the beginning just some good, quick links to documentation. Uh, a lot of questions people have: so how do you do authentication or data storage and things like that? Um, you know, it's it's a it's a great um, blog post because it walks you through some of the essentials. Like, hey, I'm just getting started. Like, how do I do navigation? Like, whoa, that's cool, right? Oh, okay, what? Well, how do I lay out my content? And then a lot of calls out to a lot of cool blog posts of creating really unique user interface um, in general. So it's, it's just a good kind of. I did a blog post early on in the year called uh, "What Xamarin Developers Ought to Know for 2017," which was a follow up to Scott Hanselman's "What Develop." .NET developers ought to know for 2017 or whatever. So this is kind of like what Xamarin Forms developers ought to know um, to get started, basically. And even if you are um, been doing Xamarin Forms for a while, I think it's still a solid, oh, yeah. solid um, um, blog just to like get through all this crazy documentation and stuff out there. And talking about the live player, we talked a lot about it last uh, episode of the episode before. And I did a video, and I think you're going to be blogging about it 
Uh, but essentially making sure that developers know how easy it is to install side-by-side -side versions of Visual Studio. And when I mean side-by-side -side versions of Visual Studio, I mean Visual Studio 2017 and Visual Studio 2017 Preview. So you can try out all these new features. So if you needed access to the iOS 11 stuff earlier on, we have that all stuff in Preview. And what's nice is that you, you know, they're all sandboxed together. So I did a short little snack pack, snack pack, um, over on the Xamarin show. And I think you're going to be writing a blog post about it. We can spoil it about the top like reasons to do it and how easy it is, um, especially in 2017, which are really, I, I, you know, I've been, I've literally had two versions of Visual Studio installed with different work, with different yep. workloads, right? My main one has all the workloads, like all the stuff I'm doing. And then my preview one only has a few workloads. So it's a smaller installation and it's sandboxed in the form of some things are shared, right? So if you have Java installed, it's not going to install to another version of Java and sandbox it, but um, it will only install one, you know, sandbox, you know, it'll have two separate instances of Xamarin and two separate instances of the UWP stuff that are only communicating in that version of Visual Studio. So uh, it's super cool. I say give it, you know, give that video a quick, uh, a quick, peek over there um and definitely make sure you subscribe to the blog yeah for sure and like you said i mean the side by side thing is new and i did a quick little pull on twitter and most people don't even know that you can do that and it's amazing um and it's really safe so you can do the side by side which is like you're like cool well i still don't want to do side by side because i don't want to break anything but like you said it's sandbox so um, if I have, you know, Xamarin stable in my stable installation, my production dev environment, and I have the preview in my preview environment, I can install basically anything into that preview environment. And it's not going to break the stable install. Um, like for instance, James, I've installed a whole bunch of like daily dev builds, um, into my preview and it's never once affected my stable environment. Because like you said, it's literally looking and it's saying, okay, what is the same between these? Um, so like, like you said, if you have something that's completely the same between the two of them, like some some of the shell, the Visual Studio shell itself will be shared and stuff like that. But like the individual workloads, like you said, you can install your production workloads in your production instance. And in your preview instance, you can say, oh, well, I, I really like Docker, but I'm not going to be using the preview Docker features. I'm not really going to, I don't need that level of previewing uh, for that workload, but I can do it for Xamarin, which is pretty cool. Um, so it's important to note that it doesn't like if I install Xamarin workload on stable and I install Xamarin workload on preview and I have them side by side, I'm not effectively doubling the disk space that Visual Studio takes up. That's not what's happening. Um, and even if it did in uh, 15.4 previews, which is what out, what's out right now, we actually have reduced the installation size quite a bit. So right now we're looking at about, depending on what you have already pre-installed on your machine, because you know you have things like Java and stuff like that are prerequisites. Um, you're looking at anywhere from around a 36 to about 50% reduction in install footprint, which is pretty freaking amazing. Um, and we're working on ways to make that smaller. But yeah, reasons to try the preview, um, besides what I've already mentioned, uh, we also have the Android Oreo support, which we mentioned earlier in the podcast. Um, our Xcode 9 and iOS 11 APIs will be in an upcoming preview. And um, I think that's it. But yeah, that's definitely the place where you can get all the latest and greatest in mobile development. And you can give it a try. See if your app, you know, how your app works with the latest preview before it goes out to stable. And there's really no risk because it's sandboxed. So thanks to you, James, for doing an amazing Xamarin show on that. I do what I can. I do what I can. And I actually was at a conference not too long ago 
Um, I think I was at Build, actually, and I ran into the Dot Fuscator guys and gals uh, over at um, a company that you've probably heard of called Preemptive. And, and Dot Fuscator has, had a, has been around the community for Windows applications for a long time, and it's an obfuscation tool to obfuscate .NET code. So any application written in .NET. And I reached out to Joe uh, Sewell. Sewell? I forgot how to pronounce his last name. I apologize. Uh, the name like Montemagno, you know. I get. To, I, get I think I get the, to butcher last last names um, for how many times it's been messed up in my life. Um, they wrote a pretty great uh, uh, guest blog post. We like to have guest blog posts from uh, companies and developers in the community talking about awesome stuff. How to um, submit your, you know, Android and UWP applications through the free community edition to scramble up your strings and your operations, and they have an upgrade version too. There's quite a bit of steps, but I've done this in the past, and once you have it all configured, because a lot of it is essentially inside of your CS proj file, so once you have it all configured and set up, you only have to do it once, and it just happens with every build. So if you're like looking at your app and you want to go through a little bit more authentic, you know, authentication uh, as far as uh, obfuscation, uh, you know, go for it. That we have other tools obviously built in uh, to to Xamarin. There's a new AOT support. There's ProGuard. There's all sorts of other tools that you can use too. But it's a really nice walkthrough just so developers know what uh, to be aware of. You know, as far as what tools are out there, uh, especially if you have requirements. You know, different IT companies, different enterprises have different requirements on it so um, definitely give that a, a look-sees but i think this week pierce something pretty crazy happened i literally presented on tuesday at this conference called .NET conf and miguel at the same time did the keynote but he was over in europe and then i immediately left and the next day presented in chicago at vs live and um .NET conf i think is in its third or fourth year now which is the .NET conference, and it's all online, all virtual. And I've been tuning in all over the place. I don't know if you have, Pierce, but it's three days this year of awesome content. The first day was all keynotes and general sessions, and then followed by a day or two of training, and then multiple tracks um, of training and stuff, which was super bananas. Did you get to watch the keynote? I did see the keynote. I saw Miguel was out, out there showing off some cool stuff for... Uh, the Xamarin Live Player, some of this stuff uh, in Visual Studio for Mac. And also I saw some cool stuff relating to Xamarin Forms. Yeah. A whole bunch of good stuff. And he also said, uh, talked about the Embedinator a little yep. bit, which was super cool, and how you can embed .NET code into uh, existing non-.NET applications like Objective-C and Java applications, which is super cool. And Mads Torgerson, he uh, you know, is the PM and, and, and is mastermind of new C-sharp features, showed off some new... C sharp seven two and eight dot features, which are pretty bananas. Uh, Frank and I talked about it uh, a few weeks ago on Merge Conflict because uh, uh, they were doing some proposals for C sharp eight. I'm like, give me, give me, give me! I want them all. Give me all those new features. I'm, I, I get excited about all that new hotness uh, coming down the road. So that was cool. And I got to do a session. Did you? Uh, did you watch that? That that bad boy? <laughs> I'm sorry, James. I've not seen the session. You you decided that after seeing me present for four years that you didn't want to see me present yet again for the hundredth time. Uh, yeah, I, I I did not manage to see your presentation. Now it is funny you mention that because sometimes when you present, I'll like catch it. Like you have some joke, some go to jokes, and I I used to joke with Mike James. I was like, is he gonna make? Because what are your go to favorites that I always used to love? Which I honestly I steal your jokes in my talks. Um, but one of them was the, <laughs> was the, 
I think it was something along the lines, I'm going to butcher it, was um, MVVM is like MVC, but a little more V and a little more M. And that was usually good for at least a few laughs. And so I steal that whenever I do like an intro to Forms Talk. But yeah, no, I missed it. That's that's what I'm all getting to. <laughs> I didn't. I missed your talk. I'm sorry. Tell me what happened. Thanks. Well, you missed a doozy because it was what's new in Xamarin and it was all brand new content. I like scrutinized and stayed up way late all through the weekend crafting out a new uh, app. I actually stole some of Laurent Bonyan's apps that he, he I saw his back end and then I created a brand new application because he created this little Azure function that would query every so often uh, the Bitcoin value. And I don't care about Bitcoin. All I care about is Dogecoin. Mm. So from from scratch, I deployed a, a, an Azure function backend and I built from scratch using the Xamarin Live Player on Android, which is a lot how often I do as I'm looking at Android applications, screen mirrored with Visor. I built out an entire user interface against a design time surface to actually ping with images and and different data bindings and I built out this entire application and then I took that app and then I ran it on iOS and then I went even further because um, I use this awesome library called because then I started talking about new features like then I talked about Skia Sharp a little bit and then what I did is I instead of displaying all the values in a list view I use this awesome library called microcharts which is fantastical and it's built on Skia Sharp but it works on iOS, Android, Windows, Mac, everywhere uh, with Xamarin Forms and non-Xamarin Forms too. And it's beautiful, awesome charts and graphs, which is really cool. And then I took that same application and I ported it to Mac OS and saw it running on Mac OS. Um, and then I did some, I don't know, I did some other crazy stuff. I don't know. It was great. And I was talking about all these new features. It's awesome. It's fantastical. Um, and I was probably one of my most stressed out, uh, trying to get ready for that just because it was all brand new, brand new. And it was like from scratch, just building an app. So you can kind of see my, my process there. So it was super, super duper fun. So are any of these recorded? Can people go and watch these? Yeah. If you go to .net conf .net, I think, yeah, D-O-T net, C-O-N-F dot net, you'll find a link to all the different ones. Um, essentially it'll, it'll direct you over to channel nine or it'll give you somewhere. Um, and you can look at the schedule and it'll be all the recorded ones. So the keynotes there, other ones there, they're all there. It's super cool. Um, there's a lot of good ones. So there's even the, all the training is there. So, um, you can go in and you can look at like getting started with, uh, C sharp, for instance, what's new with C sharp and kind of go through the whole shebang, which is super cool. That is really cool. Um, and we mentioned this a little bit earlier in the pod when we were talking about a little iOS 11 action. Uh, but last week, or I guess it was this week, I'm losing track of time, James, losing track of time. Um, we released 15.3.5. Again, the versioning, not great. But the point is, uh, we now have our Xcode 9 and iOS 11 SDKs um, in the stable channel. Um, so that's for Visual Studio and for Visual Studio for Mac. So if you're a Visual Studio user on Windows, you can go to the Visual Studio installer or there's a little um, notification that'll show up in Visual Studio saying, hey, you got an update. Um, and if you're on Mac, you just change your um, updater channel to stable if you're not already on that. Or you can just go uh, Visual Studio for Mac, check for updates. It'll show up. And uh, and yeah, so if you want to take advantage of all the iOS 11 goodness um, or if you want to use Xcode 9, then you can upgrade to the stable release and use that, which is pretty amazing. Same day. Yeah. 
And it looks like we also did it for Visual Studio 2015. So if not everyone's right. on 2017, yep. 2015 as well. As I'm pretty sure we still mostly sim ship features across both 2015 and 2017. The 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 live player, for instance, is only a 2017 feature and only remain 2017 going forward. Uh, forward. Sometimes there's just a difference in what can be supported by the IDE itself. So when you're building specifically, but um, I assume that the Android O ones there too. But there's download links, everything inside of there on the channels, and you can update it and go to town. Additionally, this week, which just dropped uh, the same day, was a brand new pre-release of Xamarin Forms 2.40. I made them bump the version numbers from 235 because I said it's, it's, you obviously added new features, so bump the version numbers. This 2.4.0 release, by the way, is the one that is targeting .NET Standard um, yes. as the library. Now, by the way, you can always install a PCL into a .NET Standard library. You don't have to wait for the libraries to update. So if you're, you know, have an existing Xamarin Forms, or just, I have a blog post on it. I just add a little code into the CS project to, to enable NuGet to bypass it because those PCLs are compatible with .NET Standard. So you're totally good. And then .NET Standards automatically will, will install into PCL. So this change doesn't have any impact on existing apps, but it has a bunch of cool stuff, tons of bug fixes, the Mac OS previews in there and brand new fast renderers for Android for buttons, images, and labels, which is super cool. So you can definitely take a look at the brand new, which is available on Nugget right now at the at the Um, You can get your hands on pre three. Yeah, and a uh, little secret for the Xamarin Podcast listeners: David was saying that um, this is going to be two four zero. If there's no regressions found, because quality is and stability is our most important thing with Xamarin Forms. If there's no regression found, this is the build that's going to be two four zero. Um, so you might nice. want to give it a try with your app and um, and pull that down and see if everything's all good to go for you on 2.4. So far, I've seen good things and and some performance boost. And obviously, there's like I think literally hundreds of bug fixes in the string of pre-releases that is what mm-hmm. has become 2.4.0. So definitely worth giving that a try. Awesome, very very cool. All right, let's do it. Pierce, pick of the podcast. What you got for me? So I have a little tool that you were showing me before the podcast, which is freaking amazing because I don't know if you guys are like me, but you have way too many GitHub repos that you regret creating. <laughs> you regret creating. And um, basically, it's it's really hard to keep track of all the things that are happening in GitHub. Um, so like I have my app repos, I have some library repos and there's all these things that are happening, like issues are being filed, people are submitting PRs, like there's a lot of things that are happening and keeping up with everything on just re- one repo can be a little overwhelming, but across all these different repos is not great. And GitHub has, you know, put some functionality into this. I think they had like GitHub projects or whatever, and they've tried to make this a little better. But the reality is that GitHub drives our workflow, right? Um, and we need some tools around that to make that a little bit more seamless. And so my tool of the podcast is something called waffle.io. And so it's really cool because basically it's like a Kanban board. Um, and it does a whole bunch of other stuff too, like burn down for bugs and stuff like that. But there's like a Kanban board. It shows like all your bugs and stuff like that. Uh, if you have multiple repos, um, or multiple, yeah, multiple GitHub repos you want to pull in, you can. So like in the scenario I was just describing where maybe you have like, you know, a few apps you want to track across, you know, all the issues that are filed against that or a few libraries, you can do that. You can have them all on the same Kanban board. And as you actually update 
you know, the status of an issue or, or a pull request or something like that, it's actually going to update that on GitHub, which is really, really cool. Um, so it, it manages, it kind of expedites that entire process and really adds kind of what is a necessary level of tooling around the way we work with GitHub. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. But James, I understand you're using it a little bit for some of your work. Yeah. So I obviously have tons of plugins that are all open source. And this, this baby is free for open source repos. Um, you can add just as many repos into one view. There's Slack integration, unlimited collaborators, unlimited public repos, metrics, and there's Wafflebot. And Wafflebot is what you install into GitHub, and it just, boom, does it. It's so simple to, to open up. I really enjoy it. And they even have a public sample of how they work inside of Waffle so you can see it. And I love Kanban boards. I mean, I use VSTS a lot, but in the open source, I want to, you know, have all this out there, and it, it puts everything together. And what I love about Waffle.io is that I love waffles, and I love that Waffle.io um, has a Mitch Hedberg quote on the bottom, which is, a waffle is like a pancake with a syrup trap. Um, and Mitch, RIP, he's one of my favorite comedians of all time. So with that, yes, check out Waffle.io if you're doing anything in the open and managing multiple projects. It is awesome. And if you're doing any development, my pick, which went viral on the Twitter, was actually by some of our colleagues. Um, it's called QuickType.io. So QuickType.io. And essentially, it will convert your JSON so you make a RESTful service call. You have all this JSON string blob. What it will do is you paste it in there into quicktype.io, and it will convert it to any, not any language, but to a whole bunch of different languages, including C Sharp, TypeScript, Go, Java, Elm, and Swift, which is super awesome. And they have a bunch of samples in there as well, and they let you modify the root object. So they have some in there such as like uh, a Pokédex, some samples, Reddit, and stuff like that. You can paste it in there, and the C-sharp version is based on JSON.net, and they not only give you, so you're saying, oh, why isn't this, you know, why would I use this instead of, like, Visual Studio has, like, a paste as JSON? Well, I'll tell you why. Because it, they add all of the partial classes for you automatically, and then they also add all of the JSON properties for you automatically, so it gives you proper C-sharp casing. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, they give you additional serializers and converter settings automatically, and... They give you a partial class for the root, which automatically you could say Pokédex from JSON, and it will handle and give you back the proper code that you need so you don't have to write anything. It handles all of the settings for you automatically, and then you can do it in any of the languages that are right there, which is super cool. And this is by our good colleagues and friends of the show who I have heard love the show, Mark Propes and David Siegel, who are lovely individuals that work now over at the Microsofts. Yeah, really cool. I mean, basically every every app has uh, JSON, or almost every app is just pulling down JSON and showing it in some form of list, fundamentally. Um, so I'm going to have to bookmark this. It, there's a reason it went viral. It's because every app needs something like this. And I'm always, I hate the process of, you know, the casing is the big thing because like you said, there's like some existing tools, but none of them did the casing right and had the settings and everything like that. And you're like, oh, I have to change all this. It's like halfway okay, but I still have to do all the work. So I might as well just type it out, I guess. Um, so the, yeah, this looks great. And like you said, it supports all these different languages. And you can, one, one really cool feature that I'm seeing right now is you can even change the top level type. And that's something that some of the other stuff yep. can't do. So like I know sometimes I just like, some of the JSON is useless, so I don't, I don't really care about it. 
because um, it's giving me back way way more than what I actually need. And this thing, you can say, hey, I just care, you know, about this top level, um, about this top level setting, and that's all you have to do: top level type, and that's it. Yeah, and it's cool. And they worked with uh, Jonathan Keith, who uh, was the creator of JSON to CSharp.com, which I used to demo all the time. So they worked with him to collaborate, and then that will be the new landing spot for it, which is which is really cool. So it's kind of the the successor, if you will, to it. Now let me ask you something, Pierce. Have you have you tried some Numinos? Because that also went viral <laughs> as well. I talked about it earlier. Have you have gone to the store? Numinos. I have not. I need to go. Okay, so here's here's the deal, people. I was listening to the talk show with John Gruber. Who I, I cannot take credit for this at all. And they were talking about Android Oreo and how they, they don't really like Oreos and they're all about these Numinos. And I went to Bartel Drugs, which is our local like CVS or Walgreens, but Seattle, like Seattle-y, um, better deals. And I picked up some Numinos. They were there. It was like a shining light. And I picked up some Numinos and I tweeted about it. And then something interesting happened. Well, one, Bartels tweeted back at me and said, hope that you enjoy your cookies. And I did because they were delicious and nutritious. And then all of a sudden, everyone, a whole bunch of people that I follow or follow me and I followed them started tweeting at me because they went out and went and bought Numinos or giving it the taste test challenge. So a whole bunch of people went out and bought it. So I wrote a whole blog post on it, which I thought was so crazy. So here's what all the listeners can do, go over and buy yourself some Numinos. They're made with organic sugar and organic flour. If you thought that you liked Oreos, you didn't because you're missing out on Numinos. They're fantastic. And also they have gingeros, and those are amazing too if you like ginger cookies. They're so good. I don't even like Oreos, but I love these Numinos. And what's great here is that all profits go to charity because it's um, you know uh, Newman's, Newman's own, the company that you – it has Paul Newman on the front um, uh, of it because it's his company and they put all of their uh, profits to charity, which how rad is that um, in general? So go enjoy some cookies. Maybe Pierce, I don't know, you, you might eat the whole package. So I know that you just bought a new suit, so you may <laughs> may not. But they are organic. And um, I also bought some it – it does make it all okay. I will also say, by the way, while I'm on the Newman's own train – um, I also picked up some Newman's own popcorn, and it was delightful. Um, so be aware. That, and I buy their salad dressing, too. So it's very delicious. Um, and they've donated almost a half a billion dollars uh, worldwide. So um, anyways, that's my Newman owns rant. And that's why you listen to the Xamarin podcast, Pierce, because we not only talk you and keep you up to date with the latest and greatest in Xamarin development, we also keep you up to date with our latest cookie obsession. Um and and of course suit buying with pierce i can't wait to be sponsored uh next week the episode will be brought to you by numinos so i'm looking forward to that was it not already that's the question it was, <laughs> it it was already brought, was. brought to it you was. brought to brought to you by waffles and numinos cookies well i think that's about it pierce now that i've ranted people can find you at pierce bogan me yep at james montemagno that's me you can find the show at Zamra, the Zamra podcast, Zamra podcast, Zamra podcast. Cool, I'm gonna check it right now. Slash the Zamarin podcast. That's what it at. You can go to no, it's Zamarin podcast. You can find us at, at Zamarin podcast. <laughs> I like how we know our own things. It's just auto, and then also at at uh, www.zamarinpodcast.com. That is correct, um, which is super cool, and that's where you can find and subscribe on all of your favorite 
podcast devices out there in the world. We're on the iTunes, the Googles, the Overcast, the Pocket Cast, the Stitchers, the Tunis, the TuneIn. Heck, just open your podcast application and type in Xamarin and subscribe to this show, Xamarin Podcast, and also my other show that I do, Merge Conflict. Why not? Do it. And I think that's about it. Pierce, anything else you want to add? That's it. Cool. Catch you later on the inner tubes.